Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hey, everyone! Thanks for tuning back into Sperm Cast. Today we have a very full episode. We've got big updates, some quick ultrasounds, a little bit of our favorite gal Amanda, and then we have a wonderful interview with Matt and Dory from Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Now if you're just here to hear Matt and Dory, you can skip ahead to minute 2245. I don't know why you would want to do that and miss out on all the interesting stuff about me, but whatever. Okay, so here are the updates. After my last failed IUI back in, I don't even remember when that was. God, I mean, oh yeah, I remember because it was my birthday. August 28th-ish, I got my period and I went straight to Dr. Kalen's office to see if I could start IVF immediately. There were six follicles on my right ovary, but one of those was like really kind of too large. And on the left ovary, there were four, but one of those was also very large. I was scared that they were cysts. All right. Interesting. What those two beer ones can be is one of a couple things. Um, They could be cysts. They could be left over from last month. Um, they could also be early recruitment for this month, which would be kind of lead, like worst case scenario. Right. Um, because we don't want anything. We, we want them all to grow together. So if there's things that are already ahead, it's like they get, they're getting a, a head start and then yeah. they wouldn't finish at the same time. So we can determine that by checking your estrogen level. So we're going to check your levels. Um, and then we'll we'll see if this is the right time to start or not. Okay. Based on that. Um, I want to mostly see your estrogen level is low. Right. Um, and if, so if it's high, that that means that those are cysts. If they're high, they're like doing stuff. Mm-hmm. In which case, whether they're cysts or whether they're early follicles right. or whatnot, I won't know. But what I know is if they're producing a lot of estrogen, yeah. then me giving you stimulation might just make them grow and right. not the other ones. Right, right, right. And that's not. I also asked him about the quantity of follicles because it seemed to me like my count was lower than usual. I remember months where he counted 8 and 9 and 10 on each ovary, but he reminded me that there were also months when I just had 2 or 3 on each ovary. His conclusion was that if the blood tests were to determine that those two larger follicles were just regular follicles and not cysts and not going to potentially disrupt the IVF hormones, then this would be a perfectly fine month to start IVF. Of course, I couldn't stop thinking, well, what if I have more follicles next month? I don't have an endless supply of money. I want to have the highest number of eggs possible. And then he reminded me that my follicle count could be lower next month, too. He said that since the count goes up and down month to month, that this is a respectable number of follicles and a fine time to start, as long as the blood test came back favorable. Then I told him I was scared. I think it's normal to be scared. I think it's okay. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I know it's scary, and I know it's like making the right decision at this point is not is like not an easy thing to do. It's okay. Tissues are like you can you know as many as you want, um, and it's like a big weight like that you're carrying. Let's see how these numbers look, and if it looks awesome, then we're gonna start. If it doesn't look awesome, we're gonna wait. Okay. And we'll be able to talk about that. I mean, these levels will come back like late tonight, so okay. tomorrow we'll talk about it. Um, so you'll call me, or someone will call me with the number yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So let's see how it looks, and then. Um, He's so kind. I knew I just needed to let him do his job and to trust him, but it's just really hard not to have doubts. Driving home, I recorded this. I'm scared. That's it. That's all I got. Just that I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm. 
I don't know, what if it's the wrong decision? What if it's the wrong month? What if my body isn't in the right shape? What if these follicles are all weird? I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. But I guess, you know, I get started and in four or five days, if it's not the right time, if it's not the right month, then this is, then I won't have wasted too much money. It'll just be the cost of the ultrasounds so far and the cost of the money, I mean, the cost of the medication. Okay, I'm not scared anymore. Great, bye. That's right, I had a follow-up appointment scheduled for the next Monday, so if I started the injections and my ovaries weren't responding well, and there weren't a good amount of follicles on my next scan, then we could stop the process right there and continue next month, and I'd only have to pay the cost of the medications I'd already bought and the ultrasounds I'd already had. Knowing that I wasn't risking $15,000 definitely helped. But I still had my doubts, of course. When I got home, I emailed Dr. Kalen and asked him if I could come in for another scan the next day. I didn't hear back from him all day long, and then he called me at 10 p.m. He was still at work. He said he'd be working in Bakersfield the next day. I said, that's fine. I'll drive to Bakersfield for another ultrasound. He said, that won't be necessary. Let me see what your blood test results are tomorrow, and if I think we should start, you can come in and do another ultrasound with Dr. Winkler. And that's what happened. My blood test was good. My estrogen and my FSH were appropriately low. But I was happy to have another ultrasound with Dr. Winkler just for some added confidence. Her count was pretty much the same. She consulted with Dr. Kalen over the phone and they concluded it was a great month to start. Or a good month. I don't know if it was great. So I sat down with Julie, the IVF nurse, and she showed me how to administer the medications. What's this? That's like a pretend belly. Oh, okay. okay. Like pretend skin. Okay. Yeah. You will take out of your packages two vials of menopurin. Each vial will have powder inside of it. Okay. You will take out your sodium chloride, which is, think of it as your water. From there, I headed to the pharmacy and spent my first huge chunk of money, $1,357.96 for four days of medication. That night, it was time to start the injections. And I'll just say, it was not like that last time when I did Folistim for the IUI. It was stressful and scary. I keep saying the word scared, but honestly, that's like the theme for the first week of IVF. I needed to do two injections, Gonal F, which was relatively easy. It's just all right there in a big pen, ready to go. And Menapure, which is freaky because you have to mix sodium chloride with two different vials of powder. You have to pierce the top of the vial, put the liquid in, mix mix it with the powder, draw the liquid back into the syringe, take that liquid, put that in another vial of powder, draw that back into the syringe, then you have to change the needles, then you have to stab yourself. It's like science, y'all doctor stuff. And I don't know why we civilians are responsible for this stuff. There's a lot of money riding on all of this. And mostly the bubbles freaked me out because no matter what, I I always had bubbles. And when I try and flick the syringe to get the bubbles out like they do on TV, I'd squirt it and and, and liquid would come out. And I just felt like I I was terrified that I was losing too much liquid and fucking up the dosage. And if the dosage is wrong, then I could fuck up the whole IVF process. And there was a lot riding on these injections. I had to stop in the middle on the first night and FaceTime Hannah to have her walk me through it. Hannah, you remember, she did these injections last month. Anyway, I cried a bunch. She got me through it. Honestly, I just, I can't tell you the amount of pressure I was feeling on that first night, just trying to hold it together to muster up the courage to do these injections and possibly lose $15,000, most of which was not even mine. It was hard and I was not in a good, positive headspace, to say the least. Push down the plunger of the syringe with a slow, steady motion. I watched instructional videos online over and over again and then finally followed along and did the injection while watching. Here's the Menapure shot. Ow. Fuck, man. That fucking burns. I gotta get in the right headspace. This is tough tonight. Maybe I'll watch Bachelor in Paradise. I'm feeling like crap right now. And here's the Gonal F shot. If I can give birth, if I want to give birth, I should be able to fucking put a needle in my stomach. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. I hate this. 
The next day, a couple Patreon subscribers reached out to me and asked me why I wasn't on human growth hormone. Apparently, it helps with egg quality. So I reached out to Dr. Kalen, like the annoying patient that I am, and he said, well, we could use it. It's not proven to work. It does increase egg quality, but we don't know if your egg quality is poor, and it's also really expensive. But since you brought it up, let's just do it. And I said, yeah, dude, let's just do it because I don't want to do this again. Anyway, after that, I headed up to Northridge Plaza Pharmacy where meds are a little bit less expensive and I bought four doses of human growth hormone and added it to my protocol. On Monday, after five days of injections, I headed over to Dr. Kalen's office to check up on my follicles. Eight and a half, nine, eleven and a half, six, fourteen, ten, seven. There's a couple of little ones. That was my right ovary. Now here's my left. Five. So what did all this mean? And what was the deal with those huge ones? A total of 14 follicles measured. But of that, that one's kind of big, that 17 and a half. These fives are a little small. But everything else is pretty good. Well, I'm... Don't I need to worry about having that really big one because it makes them, they're not all growing at the same size? I mean, if I have to, like, sacrifice that one to the egg gods that everything else is doing Oh, you can, that can happen. I just ignore it. We just let it go, and then we... And then it, how, it, what happens to it? Does no, it when we do the retrieval, like, we'll still retrieve all of them. It's just, like, that one, it might not be a good one. Because it's too old? What happens to it? Yeah, maybe it gets overcooked a little bit. <laughs> No, I think we're looking fine. Well, okay, so you think there's how many? 14 minus 3 or 4? Yes, so we are going so to you check... you think everything's okay? I think everything is okay. So we're going to check your estrogen level. Okay. We're going to start the Antigon today. What's that? That's what prevents you from ovulating. Okay. So and want to continue with all the others or no? Yes. Okay. And then I'll see you back on... See you on Thursday. Okay. Okay. Oh, Okay, so since everything was looking good, I headed on down to Billing and gave them 9450 bucks or so. Then I headed up to Northridge to get more drugs. Two more days worth at about 700 bucks. Plus, I bought Hannah's Menopure for about 400 something I went home and injected the Cetratide at 11 a.m. because the doctor told me to do it as soon as I got home and do it at the same time every single day. That would stop the ovulation from happening. So now I was up to one shot at 11 a.m. and two to three shots at night. The human growth hormone alternates nights. Cut to Thursday, my next appointment just so happened to be at 11 a.m., my injection time. So instead of injecting early at home, I thought I should probably do it at the exact right time. So I brought it with me to the doctor in a cooler bag, and I went into the bathroom at the clinic to inject myself. I was feeling kind of rushed, so I completely forgot to check for air bubbles before stabbing the needle into my tummy. I looked down and saw this huge bubble about a centimeter wide in the syringe, and I panicked and I pulled out the needle without suppressing the syringe. I buttoned up my pants and peeked out of the bathroom with the needle in my hand, crying, Help! Thankfully, Julie came around, and as I held back my tears, she fixed the syringe and sent me back to the bathroom to finish the job. When I was finished, I had my next ultrasound after eight days of injections. Right ovaries, we're measuring the follicles. 12.5 millimeters. This is a bigger one, I think. Oh, my we God. Had a big, we had a big one on the right before, right? Good Lord. Uh, uh, yeah. This is a 21. God. Okay. And the big one, it doesn't mean anything bad. Oh my god. It doesn't mean anything bad. It's no. not going to cause the other ones to not grow. No, no. And the medicine you're taking, that Ganarelix, that is designed to prevent you from ovulating. That's that is the same as Cetratide? Yes. Okay. Look, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, and I know I've already said it a thousand times, but I just want you to know how freaked out I am at this point. I don't fucking know what's going on. I don't know if I'm doing anything right. There's just so much writing on all of this. Okay, let's move on to my left ovary. 25. Good God. 12. 12.5. 14.5. 20. 15.5. Uh, Alright, so we're getting growth of all these follicles. These two are charging ahead. Yeah. Um, all of these are growing pretty nicely together. 
So we're good. We're after eight days. Saturday will be after ten days. That's making me think we're probably looking at Monday or Tuesday for a trip. Does that work for you? Sure. Okay. Okay. So this is it. We'll check the estrogen level. After that, he scheduled me for another ultrasound on Saturday to determine which day we would do the trigger and which day we would do the retrieval. And they took some blood to test hormone levels. And then I went back to the pharmacy to get a whole new round of drugs and spend over $1,000. On Friday, I got to meet up with Amanda to give her the rundown. And I pretty much told her everything I just told you. But here are some of the highlights. I mean, I did make her do the interview, so I might as well, you know, play some of it. A little palate cleanser. Hi, Molly. How's oh, it going? Hi, Amanda. <laughs> how are you? Gotcha. Got me. Hi. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. You look really good. I do? Yeah, you I look jo- fresh. I feel good, but I don't feel like I look good. <laughs> I feel like I look like shit. Oh, you look great. You just came back from jury duty. Yeah. And they let you go. Yeah. And then they let me go. Wow. <laughs> Isn't the justice system incredible? <laughs> and you were doing your, your civic duty. I'm proud. That's good. That's good. So last we talked, or last my listeners heard, I was contemplating whether or not to do IVF or not. Right. So then I filled her in on everything. You've heard it all already. And human growth hormone, is that, what do people typically use that for? I don't know. Isn't that, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. I think that's maybe why you look so good. (laughs) Because. I don't know why you think I look good. I I don't have any. You have like a tan and your skin looks good. Let me just like look up. Human growth hormone uses. I just got out of the shower. It slows aging. No. <laughs> That's what people say. <laughs> but I only took two vials. Isn't that it. like what actors take? Like guys take? Let me see. No, guys take testosterone. Growth Maybe. hormone, athletic performance, and <laughs> aging. Can human growth hormones really benefit aging, like the elusive fountain of youth? I think kids who aren't growing take it. I mean, this is like doping. I guess I couldn't be in the Olympics right now. Yeah. Shit. Well, it's too bad you can't play in the basketball games. <laughs> I know. You'll be flying. Yeah. I guess that'll bring that brings me to the next section of like uh, effects of these hormones. So you're giving yourself Menopure and and gonal F, and I can't remember what does what, but basically they work in conjunction to make your ovaries grow as many follicles as possible at the same rate, rather than one of them surging ahead like uh, would happen in a regular menstrual cycle. And so you get a bunch of large follicles on your ovaries, and you start feeling like you've got like bricks in your pelvis, like sloshing around down there. Not bricks. That sounds sharp and painful. Like poles. No, Lumps like a, what's like a heavy, uh, oh, you know, there's like, there's um, round oh, things like the spinning stress your, balls. The stress balls that you, what are they, Japanese? I think they're Chinese. And they make that nice humming noise? Yeah. yeah it's kind of like those are clonking around. Mm. Oh, or like testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stress testicles. <laughs> same, you use the same motion. Yeah, same motion of your hand. <laughs> um, well, that's terrible. Um, and so every time I like sit down, I'm like, oh, and uh, you also feel like bloated and like you're kind of constipated. Gotcha. There's one more thing I just remembered. I did a blood test yesterday and Julie, the nurse, called me at night and told me that my thyroid levels are elevated and then I need to take another drug. So oh, I started God. taking, but it's a pill. Mm. So I started taking levothyroxine last night, which is weird. I said, why are they high? And she said, well, they're not high for like a regular person. But if you're going to be pregnant, they're high for a pregnant person. And so we thought we should get it to the right level now. Wow. Anyway, I'm taking this another pill. But it's weird. I never thought there was anything wrong with my thyroid before. It sounds like there isn't. But right. also is. I don't know. So then you would do the egg retrieval either Monday or Tuesday. And yes. then what goes from there? Because I really don't know anything oh, about IVF. I don't know fully, fully, fully. In fact, I knew nothing. So let's head over to my ultrasound on Saturday with Dr. Kalen, where he'll answer some of those questions. <laughs> 15, 24, we got 7, 17, 10.5. I'm, I'm measuring everything, so we're going to have more of them today. Gotcha, but, that's okay. But these are Thank you. 7, 17, 16, 13. On the left side, 22, 17.5, 28, 
14, 13 and a half, 18, 17. We're going to trigger tomorrow. Okay. Retrieval Tuesday. All right, cool. What, when you retrieve, what's the smallest follicle size that would lead to a mature egg? That's a really good question that no one has an answer to. Oh. Generally, we expect somewhere in the 14 to 15 range. Is that kind of where we expect it? So, we have a couple 13s and 14s that we want to give an extra day to. The biggest one or two are probably going to be too big, but this 22 will be all right. 11 days of stimulation is a good long time. That's what you'll be at tomorrow. Okay. And we're kind of like threatening it. Okay. I don't want to go longer than that. And 12 days is a long, a long time of stimulation. The trigger shot is going to be tomorrow. We're going to go over those instructions. Mm-hmm. The retrieval will be on Tuesday morning at some point. We'll figure out what time that is, and I'll determine the time for the trigger shot. Mm-hmm. The retrieval procedure is a lot like this, except you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Ultrasound probe goes in, and there's a long, thin needle on that probe, and we put it up into the ovary. We drain the fluid out of the follicles, and with the fluid, that's where we found the egg. You get the sperm, the sperm into the egg, make the embryos, the embryos go to the laboratory. How long is the testing? How long does that take, and how soon would the FET be? If the testing, the, testing uh, the results take about a week to get back. Okay. And then the FET is with your following period. So you should get a period about two weeks after the retrieval. Okay. And then that's usually right around when we get the results from the testing back. And then with the third day of that period, you come in, you start taking estrogen pills, come back about a week later. So it's like three weeks. So it would be more like October 21st. I'm just guessing. Yeah. (laughs) No, you might be right. Um, Retrieval on the 17th. Mm -hmm. My mom's birthday. My my daughter's birthday. Well, there you go. I like that. So your period comes about here. Start taking estrogen here. Come back here. Come back here. And the transfer is on my wedding anniversary. Oh. So these are good things. Yeah, these are all like... Except later than I realized it would take. You just said October 21st. I did. Like, that was weird. That's really weird. Like, that would be exactly when I would, like, if I, I mean, based on all the numbers we have here. That's cool. That's weird. It's a good day. You're doing good. Okay, so did you catch that? If I've got a bunch of embryos and they go off for PGS testing and some of them come back normal, I would probably do my first fetal embryo transfer on or about October 21st. I went on to ask Dr. Kalen a bunch of other questions, but to save time, I'm going to post those in my Patreon. In fact, the whole ultrasound will be posted in the Patreon. In fact, all of the ultrasounds are posted in the Patreon, but, you know, this is a particularly interesting one. Anyway, if you want to look at the Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and chip in a dollar or two or five a month and have access to all kinds of cool things. Written posts, audio posts, video posts. It's so exciting. You know what? If you want to hear the rest of the interview I did with Amanda, you can go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and hear that there as well. Uh, But for now, I'm going to tell you what happened next. Okay, so I had my ultrasound and then I went to the pharmacy and spent, I think, 500 bucks for my final two or three injections. After the pharmacy, I headed to my interview with today's guests. Our interview was at 11 a.m., that's when I take my Cetratide. So I had to pull the car over and inject myself in the car. I was in a pretty sketchy neighborhood, and so that was weird and awkward. Anyway, I got to interview Matt Myra and Dory Shafrir. Some of you may know who they are because they have their very own podcast. Dory Shafrir is the author of a novel called Startup. She's got another podcast called Forever 35 in which she talks about everything wellness, self-care, getting older, serums. And Matt Myra, he has two other podcasts, James Bonding and Star Trek The Next Conversation. I think you can probably guess what those are about. He's also a writer, producer on The Goldbergs on ABC. But together, they have their very own, very successful and beloved podcast called Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. With an E-G-G, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about their fertility journey. 
for for a while it was infertility journey. Yeah. What do you? How do you describe I mean, it's the show? Still infertility. I mean, we're not. It, yeah. We haven't suddenly become fertile people. That's yeah. true. I guess not. As we used to introduce every show, <laughs> my sperm's dumb. Right. And my eggs are old. And I started listening to you guys before I knew you, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Dory's pumping right now. Yeah, so you uh, hear a little tick. That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> totally is. Uh, that's very funny. No, she pumps just for fun. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't have I try to make myself there. lactate. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? But if you do hear any a clicking noise, it, there's a... Um, it's the LV. It's this LV pump, and... Uh, but are you okay? Do you need a break? I am. This uh, this side, like... No suction? It's like not sucking totally as well as I want it to be. Is there a clog? <laughs> I did have a clog last oh. night, and I had to use my Spectra to oh, get it out. Boy. Oh, my god! Because I love the LV. It's very convenient. You just stick it in your bra. No wires, no nothing. But it doesn't do as good a job as like the more traditional pump. Well, as, you know, look, it's like a corded drill versus a cordless right, drill. As get, at, at getting out clog ducts. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I'm gonna. I got a lot to learn about clogged yeah. ducks. We'll have a we'll have a talk. And I hope oh. I hope they're gonna have yeah, to learn I hope this we'll soon. Ha- I hope you will have some clogged ducks. Thank you. Me May too. May your ducks be clogged, yes. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell tell us where you started first. I know you met on Tinder. I just I just heard that. That's number one. Yeah, yeah. I did. That's the most important part. We met on Tinder <laughs> as fully formed adults. Wow. Which I think is the best way to meet people on Tinder. Great. We were both kind of over everything else. Oh, mm-hmm. good. We also lived a block away from each other. And Big didn't know help. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Big such help. a dream. And we had a, lo- a bunch of mutual friends. Oh, my God. Very, I, I, was, I, was all, I only was on it for one weekend. On what? Tinder. Oh. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? It's so annoying. Son of a bitch. It's so annoying. I've been on and off of dating apps for 12 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus. So we met and we, things moved quickly because when we met, I was already 36. Mm-hmm. And then we got engaged the following February. Wow. And then we got married in October. And after we got engaged, we were like, well, you know, I was 37. I was like, we should just start trying. And then I was like, oh, I'll probably, you know, it'll be annoying to be pregnant at my wedding. But <laughs> oh, discussions were had about it's going to suck if I can't drink at my wedding. But like, oh okay, whatever. But then, of course, I didn't get pregnant. Oh, foolish people. We, we were. kept trying. And then in like March or April of the following year, we finally went to see a reproductive endocrinologist and we found out that Matt's sperm is dumb, <laughs> as he puts it. As I had said, it would be. Yeah. Matt, Matt like knew. Yeah. I I had been so heavy for a lot of my life that mm. I just assumed that I had baked everything into non-workingness. <laughs> so I had and I had never gotten anybody pregnant. I just had the feeling. I was like, you know, I bet temperature is a problem. I was riding a bike a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is all I'm doing all the things that they're like, don't do these things. Okay. So then I finally went to a uh, urologist. Oh my god, it's even crazy to think about with well, that first result wasn't it a million mm-hmm. that's it a million wow. sperm wow. by Sounds the way like i was like this is not. the most ever no one's ever had a million sperm i'm doing all right then the doctor finishes the sentence normals between 80 and 120 million i was like oh hold on i have to say the milk has come out and i see milk <laughs> yes yeah she's taking the pods out of her bra she's really done it everybody There's the lv milk in there. the lv has succeeded in producing you know i need to ask if you've food. tasted the milk i have not i've tasted breast milk before and uh, it's great what's it's your sweet. report why haven't you tasted it i just feel like that's stealing from my baby oh it's true i guess so <laughs> like there's not like a ton that comes out and he needs to eat all of it and okay. i mean i'm not like gonna like go uh, six hours later and lick the inside of a bottle that's empty um, but that's just me um <laughs> so once we found out that my sperm was low then the, we were like, okay, now we have to go to a reproductive endocrinologist. Um, so they ended up going to a couple different reproductive endocrinologists, a woman in Beverly Hills, and then USC, and then they went to California Fertility Partners, CFP, the same clinic I went to when I froze my eggs back in 2015. Um, yeah, so we started with Dr. Ringler, and, uh, you know, Dory's follicle count was, it was very decent. good, yeah, for a 37-year-old. And, well, by that point, I was 39. I don't even mm. see so, yeah, you were 39, so then I, that would have made me probably 20. I'm very young. 15. How old was I? You were 32. Two. 
Yeah, I'm I was 32. 32. You're a youngin? Oh, I'm very young. I'm oh 36. My God. Oh, my God. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. So our first round, we had four embryos make it to blastocyst. Wait, quick question. You didn't try any IUIs or anything because his sperm, his, his sperm, his sperm count was, was so too low. low. Okay. I, we yeah. essentially went in going like, give us ICSI. Gotcha. You yeah, knew. they said you you have to go straight to... Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we had four embryos make it to blastocyst, and then of those, one was normal. Okay. And we decided we were going to do another retrieval before we did a transfer because we wanted more than one child. Good. That makes sense. At the time. Um, <laughs> and then we did a second round. I think we got three embryos make it to blastocyst, and then one was normal, and one was like inconclusive. <laughs> They said it had a micro deletion on a chromosome and they were like, we don't know what this means. It could be fine. It could be a problem. Okay. <laughs> then we did a transfer. The transfer didn't work. And, and then failed miserably, actually. Yeah. And you transferred one? Transferred one. Girl okay. embryo. You transferred a girl embryo. I wanted a girl. You did? I did. Yeah, he really did. Aw. Um, and then after that, we went back to see the doctor to do potentially do another retrieval he suggested doing an era which is an endometrial you wanted to do another retrieval because you only at this point now had had one one. and and an inconclusive yeah okay so he was like i want to do this endometrial receptivity test also he well we go in like thinking okay we're gonna do another round here we go and he only saw like two follicles which was like much lower than any other time and he was like look it varies month to month yeah and then he was like are you stressed and i was like yes of course i'm stressed (laughs) and he was like well you should try to be less stressed and i kind of lost it yeah and was like what the fuck is that supposed to mean like of course i'm trying to be less stressed like is he not going to give me any like suggestions of what how to be less stressed and then we decided to switch doctors. Smart. So we stayed at the same clinic, but we switched to a different doctor in the practice. And when we met with her... Which was handy because we didn't have to transfer records or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and you there. didn't have to transfer or transport your embryo. Yeah. and a But half. we did have to pay another consultation fee. Are you kidding me? No. It's like at every turn, oh they just, they're just like, how can we wring more money out of them? Yeah. Listeners, but, this is where my eggs are frozen right now. And the reason, it's the reason I switched to Dr. Kaling because they're very expensive. Yeah. They're a great company, I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, they have <laughs> they do good uh, work. They have a lot of very happy client babies. Right. And look, I get it. Like, you know, we had this consultation with with the new doctor and she I mean, she spent a lot of time with us Mm -hmm. and really went through all our records. Like, I I do think she should be compensated for her time. But I did think it was a little annoying that you don't even get any sort of discount. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. Anyway, like buy one, get one at 25 percent off. Exactly. But she decided that we should do this other test of my endometrial lining area whatever basically they're just they're trying That's your to, uterine lining yeah yeah they're trying to figure out if they're transferring the embryo at the right time mm-hmm. because some women are pre-receptive and some women are post-receptive oh. so i have a quick of, question yes. actually before you even move on um after you do your what how do you prepare your uterine lining for the FET. How did I do it? It was... Is it butt shots? So I did butt shots for the first (laughs) transfer and then for the second I did suppositories. Okay, so it it doesn't matter. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) So we did this endometrial function test and as part of it they did a hysteroscopy which is when they put a camera up your... Into your cervix, into your... Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they found out that that I had a uterine septum which basically means that at birth, the two halves of my uterus never fused correctly, mm-hmm. which means that there was basically no chance that the first embryo would have implanted. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have gotten enough um, mm. blood or yeah. oxygen or whatever. Yeah. So that was a waste. So then I had to have surgery to fix that. And then we did another retrieval and got one more normal embryo then we did another transfer of that embryo that was another girl embryo and i had a chemical pregnancy Mm -hmm. and then we did two more retrievals after that and got no normal embryos good god and at that point this was now so now we're at four then or five five (gasps) Five. now we're and we're at last summer so summer of 2018 and it was like june or july and we had to 
decide like, are we going to transfer this last normal embryo or are we going to like switch clinics and do another retrieval at a different clinic? Mm-hmm. Are we like, what are we going to do? And cause I was just like convinced that it was, it wasn't going to work with this, yeah. trans- but we were like, okay, we just need to transfer this last embryo and then we can kind of take it from there. Mm-hmm. Whether that means just like nothing, whether that means doing another retrieval somewhere else, whether getting that- another dog, maybe <laughs> we get a, maybe we get a smaller dog. Maybe we get a, couple of other bows yeah we have an 80 pound dog yeah named named Bo. so we did this transfer last august and this was the transfer of your embryo from the very first the second retrieval okay so yeah so he had been on ice for two years and it was a boy Mm -hmm. we transferred it i was sure it hadn't worked my parents were visiting like a week after the transfer. And yeah. I remember sure we were work. at the Getty Villa and we were having lunch. And I think my parents asked like how I was feeling. I, I forget where it was. What? Yes, That's it was. Not where it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Honey, <laughs> finish the story and then I'll tell you where it was. No, where was it? It was at Terra. No, that's not where it was. That's not where we had this conversation. Which conversation was this? This was a conversation where I was That was the one where I got mad at you, too. (laughs) Yeah, you got mad at me at the Getty Villa also. No. Yeah, you did. All right. (laughs) Anyway, I was like, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't think it worked. And Matt Matt was like, you can't say that. That was a tarot. I have a photographic memory for these kinds of things, and I know exactly where we were. I thought you were going to say you had a photograph of her. I have a photograph at the moment where she got mad. Anyway, and then the zucchini came. (laughs) Point being, I was like really sure it was not going to work, and I was sure it would work. Yeah, and the reason I was sure it was going to work was because that we knew the PGS number on this embryo, and once we got the chemical pregnancy taken care of after the septum, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. That tells us your body can produce the chemicals and get pregnant. Chemical pregnancy was before or after? It was post-septum. Okay. So okay. found the septum, removed the septum. Then we go put a transfer in, and then we get a chemical pregnancy. So I felt like each that step P- of the that, way... That one was PGS tested too, but... Yes. Yeah. Was but good I, quality? I felt like each step of the way, we were making forward progress. Yeah. So I felt like now that your body is like... Oh, when that happens, I have to produce this chemical. Okay. This mm-hmm. is not science. It's just my stupid brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like now with this good embryo, it would be like, oh, I know the drill. Here's some of that chemical. Enjoy. I got you. Your, now your body knows how to do it. Now. Yeah. So I felt like once we hit the point where I was like, okay, you get the runway is clear. Yeah. The, 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 you know how to line up for the takeoff. Here you go. Here's a, here's and a then baby. I give birth to a plane. Yep. <laughs> plane baby. Yep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, okay, I, I'm going to go back to, we just talked about this on your podcast. Mm-hmm. We were, by the way, listeners, we recorded an episode of their podcast yeah. as well. I'm on that and you yeah. should listen. It's a good one. And you should listen to their podcast in general. This whole story happens in real time on their podcast and uh it it's, does it's very interesting it's but also they about. get a lot they have a huge um they have a big facebook yeah, it's group a, there's a really great facebook group very informative an it's, active community of listeners and very supportive yeah of each other yeah and they all really send nice. and they send in questions to you guys each week often and and then you guys read those back and have answers and it's, yeah it's, it's a really good podcast it also feels like a lot of times we read the questions and ask the audience to answer and then we read the answers to those eventually yeah. it's sort well, of like we are the we vessel have, what we have found is that 99 percent of the time when people write in with like this problem that no one has or yeah. you know i've never met anyone with this issue or i feel so alone and blah blah, blah. like we hear from people who right. have had the same issue like no one is alone in this journey yeah your problem 
uh, was at some point someone else's problem. Yeah. When I said we just talked about this on your podcast, what was? Oh, it was about the two week wait. About uh, about all of the. I, I wanted to ask about all of the waiting that you had to do and waiting for these phone calls and emails that you got and. I don't know. Ugh. I just want somebody to talk about it other than well, me. I want my listeners to know how fucking awful that whole scenario is. And also you feeling negative about it. I'm, I'm just currently dealing with people saying, oh, that's so exciting that you're doing IVF. And, and I keep just saying, yeah, I'm hopeful, but I'm not like excited. Yeah. And I don't know. You talk about it for a second. Make me feel better. <laughs> Well, I mean, first I'm going to make you feel worse. That's fine. Because one of the annoying differences between IUI and I- IVF that mm. I feel like people don't talk about is that with IVF, there's there's the two-week wait, but then there's also like the one-week wait, mm-hmm. which is the wait between when they do the retrieval and when you find out how many embryos made it to blastocyst. Yeah. And that wait sucks. It's going to be rough. That wait is really rough. I hated that way. Don't they give you an update every day about... Well, so our clinic used to, Mm -hmm. and now they don't because Mm -hmm. they think it's better for the embryos to leave them undisturbed. They think they have better success rates. Rather than like taking a, taking, a, taking a microscope to it. And, and seeing going, like, how, how you doing? How many cells you got today, bud? Yeah. I wonder what so my clinic does. My first couple of retrievals, we got an update on day one, like how many fertilized and how many embryos had like been created. And then we got an update on day three, that how was, many of them were growing. That was the shock, I think. That first round, to go to, we only got one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I remember going like, oh. Yeah, I felt like no one had adequately prepared us for like the the radical like reduction in numbers, which I now know is totally normal. Yeah, especially given my age. But even like younger, I mean, I see this happen in the Facebook group all the Mm -hmm. time. Like someone will post, I just had my retrieval and I got 20 eggs. Like, is that a good number? And it's like they kind of know it's a good number. And I feel like they're hopeful in a way that like, yeah, you should be hopeful. But also like a lot of people get 20 eggs and end up with no embryos. And like that happens all the time. Like they'll be like, I they'll update a few days later and we'll be like, we didn't get any, we didn't get any embryos make it to blastocyst. So like, I feel like no one prepares you for that. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. So that sucks. And then Mm. you have another wait when you find out how many are normal. Yeah, after the uh, the genetic testing. Yes, after genetic testing. So, and, and how that's, long does that take? Then you have a nine month wait. That takes like know. seven to ten days. <laughs> that takes that takes a while, and then you pre- you prepare for the FET, right? And then you do the FET, and then you have your two week wait. We felt like the goalposts were constantly shifting, and there's so much decision making too, and like, and you never you would never know exactly. You never know if you're making the right decision. Mm-hmm. You never know. So you just have to you have to trust do the doctors it. that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And then yeah. like the other thing too about IVF that I find so annoying is that no one knows. It's really just right. a scattershot. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just see if if we throw, you know, 50 pellets into this thing and shoot at a target, we might hit the target. Yeah. We don't know. So your first round of IVF is really everybody trying to just we're going to go with what works most of the time for most people. But yeah. then everybody's different. So then you, what you essentially have to do is you have to hone your cycle and your protocol over a number of fucking rounds. Yeah. It's really stressful and terrible. That's it's like, true. you know what? This time we're going to try this chemical at this time. And, and we think that might work. There's a new study that says this. We're going to try this now. So that that whole thing of the goalposts constantly moving is absolutely just how it feels always. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't really think about it like that. But yeah, they're really just trying to figure your body out yeah. individually. And Ugh. the only way to do that sometimes is to put you through it. Right. To yeah. like go, okay, here's how many follicles she has today. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. All right. Let's do the retrieval. Great. We got this many eggs. Let's see if any of these are mature. Okay. And then like they just have to keep changing it until they finally land on a protocol that works for you yeah so i mean we had such high hopes for that last round meaning like she was excited about the protocol she thinks she thought she saw everything the looked good we had four embryos make it to blastocyst mm-hmm. we're like okay and then none of them were normal 
Yeah. So part of me thinks I've kind of maybe ruined it with the secret. Like I put it out in the world, the bad, the bad vibe of like this won't work, and then it didn't work. Well, Did I ruin it? No. I might have. Well, it. I try not to think like that anymore. Right. You because shouldn't. the all the positive thinking that I do hasn't worked. Exactly. I was actually I was going to say that because I did not have a positive mental attitude around the transfer that worked. Yeah. I had a very negative attitude Mm -hmm. and it worked. And so I do feel like a lot of times we get caught up in this idea of like, well, we have to stay positive. Yeah. I don't think that actually makes a difference at all. I don't. I don't think so either. It hasn't for me. I mean, I I am, there's, I have zero control. Mm -hmm. Yes. And once you acknowledge that it's actually very freeing Yeah, and you like, I finally had to just like allow myself to be angry at the whole process and be like, you know what? This really sucks. And like, I don't have any control over it and I hate it. And I feel like it's never going to work. And once I kind of like let myself feel that it was, it was freeing instead of being like, well, I gotta, gotta stay positive. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I went through a whole period of like sleeping with crystals, (laughs) like down on on my ovaries. I had this weird charm that I was wearing around my neck that somebody gave me that said like, this has been passed on through this woman and the other women and then, and then, I was also reading a book that said I needed to sing lullabies to my baby. That's wherever wow. it was. And talk to my spirit guides. Mm. And I, I was trying skeptically. Like, all it did was add to the stress and yes. add to the amount that I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And the more I could just, like, not think about it and just, yeah, do what I can to keep my body in good in good health and, you know, I don't know. But also all that stuff I think has the result of making you believe that some of it is in your control yeah. and that therefore it's your fault if it doesn't if it doesn't work out because you didn't like like one night you forgot to put the crystal in your ovary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or I use the anti-fertility crystal yeah. instead oh of the, you the wrong one. You grab the wrong one. <laughs> That's it. That's this why. One's, this one's the birth control pr- yeah. crystal. <laughs> It's just like, no. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of that stuff is just bullshit and, and has the result of like, especially making women just feel bad about what they're doing. Yeah. I want to get back to these butt shots. Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Is this something that I can do by myself? Yes. You, but but you always had Matt do it. No, I wasn't. I was hard. I was not around for it a lot. But it's hard to do by yourself. Is it? I mean, like, is it the The angle? angle. Okay. And it's a long needle. Right. So it's like the combination of the angle and the long needle and just like where you're supposed to be doing it. And it's, it's, it's hard, but people Mm -hmm. do it. Okay. Okay. I mean, you did it most of the time by yourself, right? Not the PIO shots. Really? Yes. Because you, I was there. I don't think you were. What does PIO mean? Progesterone in oil. Yeah. It's in oil. So you also have to like massage it or you get like bumps under your skin. Not fun. Yeah, because when I was doing the shots, you were not working at the time. So you were around a lot. And you were doing the shots for me, except for when you went to Las Vegas. Oh, and that's when... And that's when I was Las Vegas. I do. I I love Vegas and guitars, guys. Yeah. Okay, so why why one month was it the shots and one month the suppositories? The shots were with a different doctor. Mm -hmm. Were with the first doctor Mm -hmm. and then the second doctor... Um, said we could do the suppository. Some okay. people think that the shots work better. Some people, okay. you know. I have a whole box full of the suppositories at home and you can buy them online for a, a lot less money. So I'm oh, just curious. that's a hot tip. But yeah, there's some, I can't remember what it's called. We'd also, she, you were not responding to the estrogen patch either. Which was yeah. the thing that we I had I didn't know to you had to take out. estrogen or you do. It was part of a protocol. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. find many, many combinations of. Well, hopefully, they, you know, you respond to the main thing, the main combination, like the regular, whatever yeah. the hell, whatever their uh, build your own uh, burger is, like, right. here, this is it, this is good. And then they find out you don't like pickles. Hopefully, you like pickles. Well, that would and be, this all works. That for would them. be wonderful. Yeah. That would yeah. be really wonderful. Okay, so you got pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quickly tell me how your pregnancy was. Was it everything you ever imagined? <laughs> the first weeks, like six through 14 to 16, were, were really hard. I got really sick. I got mm-hmm. really nauseous and throwing up all the time and like could barely get out of bed and could only eat like saltines, toast. Uh, that was a rough time. It was cereal. I was eating cereal. It was like 
it was so bad. It was really bad. And I was on this medication called Diclegis. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Which is prescribed for nausea in pregnancy, mm-hmm. but it makes you drowsy. Oh. And so, and I was on the highest dose. So in addition to feeling nauseous all the time and not being able to get out of bed, it, I also felt tired all the time. And like my brain was kind of like in a fog. It just really sucked. And then it kind of gradually started getting better. I started going for longer periods without puking. Mm-hmm. And then right around like six, the 16 week mark, I started really feeling better. And then my second and third trimesters were like pretty great. Like I felt good. I was like working out. I could eat things again. Mm. Like, and then towards the end of my third trimester on my 32 week ultrasound, they were like, oh, your fluid's low. You're probably just dehydrated. But there's a possibility that like your placenta isn't working like Mm. the way it should be, which is terrifying. But I like super hydrated for like five days and then I came back in. They were like, okay, like looks great. And I was like, okay, thank God. What does super hydrating mean? Oh my God. Like how much water should I? I was was basically drinking all the time. Okay. Like every second of the day I was drinking water. Okay. And then everything was fine. He hadn't dropped and he was still really high. Like he basically just wasn't ready to come out. And I went in on my due date for an ultrasound and they were like, everything looks great, except your flu is really low. We had a lot of plans too, by the way. Oh yeah. Cause we oh, were yeah. like, there was a point like probably like, you know, the start of the eighth month where we're like, I don't think this baby's ninth coming. month. You nah, that's what I meant. Yeah. The end of the eighth month. Uh, we were like, I don't know if this baby's really in any rush to get here. And my doctor was like, I'll let you go to 42 weeks. Okay. Um, that's nine and a half. Yeah. Like 40 weeks is like your due date. So yeah. she bought concert tickets for past his yeah. due date. I was going I to was like, excited. I was going to go to the bikini kill show. I was excited to see the Avengers end game. I hadn't been having any contractions. I had no Braxton Hicks. I had nothing like oh. the baby. Like he was just like, I'm good. Yeah. And then I went in on my due date and they were like, your fluids really low. Mm. And the radiologist was like, your doctor is probably going to say you have to be induced tonight. And I was like, what? And we were like, yeah, whatever. And then we went to see my doctor and she's like, I need you to go to the hospital tonight. Wow. So they induced with Pitocin? They induced with like every drug known to man. It was a nightmare. (laughs) It was a 40 hour induction. And then in the end, I ended up having a C-section. That's always what happened. I feel like every time I hear Mm -hmm. about Pitocin, it ends in a C-section. So I'd said to my doctor, like, I've heard so many stories with people who were induced and they end in a C-section. That's just the only thing that I don't want. And of course, that's what I had. Oh, my gosh. Matt wanted to schedule a C-section. I wanted to schedule it. I wanted to schedule it because I was like, here's the only way that we can actively prevent an unscheduled emergency C-section is to schedule one at a reasonable time and do it. I felt, and but Dr. I felt like, and no, she did not want to do Dr. that. Brown, oh my God. Dr. Brown and I had many, many <laughs> shared looks over an angry Dory. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing that. Like I have to at least give it a shot. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm glad I did. Yeah. You got to find out what labor felt like. Well, I never no, went into labor. Oh fuck. Yeah. So he was just nestled in there. He was having a really good time. nestled in there. He was real cozy. And then I had the C-section, and it sucked. That was yeah. horrifying. But it, baby was fine. Yeah. Baby was healthy. What did he weigh? Eight pounds, five ounces. Nice. Nice, nice, healthy baby. <laughs> yeah. Nice, chonky baby. But um, it was like, I mean, it was just, you know, it's just that again felt bad, because it's like a thing I knew that she didn't want at all, and then yeah. like we have to go in there, and then I'm like trying to hold her while like she's shaking violently from the medication that they gave her oh my god they were like worried that she was gonna get a fever and then the baby was gonna get a fever so they had to do it then and then i had like the guy i got kicked out of the or because the the woman didn't put a fucking hairnet on my beard (laughs) and then i got back i got (laughs) back into the or and then like had to you know i remember like i'm carrying like dory trying this like labor playlist and like i'm like trying to figure that out with this bluetooth speaker and i'm pressing that and then like they popped the baby out and then it was like this weird sort of thing of like there's the baby but like i didn't care about the baby at all at that moment because she was worried with her because she was still so out of it and shaky that Mm. i was like good go take yeah (laughs) i've got to deal with this one who can talk but i got to go i got the cut the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. we brought henry over to dory have a picture of that you know it's funny as i did say to dr brown 
over the curtain. I was like, uh, I was like, don't, don't, um, don't skimp on the stitching for the C-section. Um, and then she told the woman that was sealing Dory up to do this fancy knot. Oh, like, so they like did a better knot that oh. they were going to. <laughs> it was funny. That's good. And they were like worried at me. They were worried about me like looking up over the curtain to see everything. Yeah. Worried I'd pass out. And then I was but he like, worked, you I was like, funeral home. I worked at a funeral home. I've seen oh the gosh. insides of many people. Don't worry about it. So wow. once they were like, oh, he doesn't care. Then <laughs> because, we had like, talk, they had and then we talked partners like pass out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's your wife's insides on the table. Oh my while god. they're pulling a baby out and oh i was like all right that's honey you got great intestines who am i gonna have in there with me that's the question right yeah. i want you to f- i want you to figure this out yeah you do have to figure if this it's, out i think you know drag your dad drag your mom someone in there well i know my mom would like love to be there but she's on the east coast so so then fucking she comes out yeah you know like you know within let's say uh, around a Amanda three week three week period out. around <laughs> a three week period around the due date is when you should schedule your mom to be out yeah yeah. Just so she could be there for the birth. Then I would kick her the fuck out. No. Just for like, you're going to need some time <laughs> She's with gonna the baby. Be, I'm going to be alone. That's true. Yeah. I got to get on Tinder. I got to get my man. <laughs> <laughs> Send a link to this episode. I'm <laughs> um, just looking for somebody to be there when I labor. Okay. So then you had your baby. He's healthy and he's wonderful. And he's four and a half months now. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little trooper. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's he's you know he's got the he's got a giant head that probably came <laughs> from my side of things. Now tell my listeners, did you think that I did okay with him? I think you did great with him. <laughs> I love that you got down uh, on on the carpet with him. Oh, good. Other and, people would just stand and look you from were, above. I mean, sometimes people are worried about this whole like, what? I don't want to get too close to the baby. Oh, but oh, like oh, you oh. got in there, you had some, you had you exchanged some real genuine smiles back and forth. We had some good looks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that uh, I see it. You know. So the verdict is, I can have a baby. The verdict is, you can and should have a baby. Oh, good. And the follow up verdict is, get on <laughs> Tinder, find your man. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's like, and I'll, yeah, that's the other thing too. I will say about single mothers by choice that mm-hmm. I am so impressed with that. Having now been through this on the having two people yeah. in the situation, it's just such an undertaking, and it is you know the fact that you're 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 going to do it, and you're like strong enough to handle this kind of a thing. Well, we'll find out. Just these first, like honestly, it's the first like. What do you say? Like month and a half of the first six weeks yeah. are, yeah, yeah. So that you know, tough. make your mom stay then for six weeks, well, whatever we'll she can do, because <laughs> it's like you know, and then make sure you have people coming through, yeah, meal training, just sure. so you can honestly. There's going to be times yeah. when you're just going to need people to come through so you can fucking take a nap, yeah, you know, because yeah. you're going to be, you know, if you're planning on breastfeeding, if you're planning on dumping some LVs on your boobs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to need that. You need, they, help, they always say sleep when the baby Oh, sleeps. but we were going to talk about you for one sec. Sorry. You had no, said please. like, how many are you going to transfer or whatever? At yeah. A time. Well, let's talk so about So what's the that. deal with we that? We always did one at a time. And, and the reason for that is why? We did not want multiples. And you were just, we just, were, just we were just worried about that. And we also didn't want to waste the embryos. Think about it. Had we put the, all the embryos in before we found her septum, it would have been a complete waste of all the embryos. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! So it's it's that kind of a thing, yeah. Too, and with PGS testing, they know you know which ones are more viable and hopefully going to stick. So there's there's less of a because if you think about it, we had you know in the first round what five fertilized, six fertilized, something like that. And before PGS testing, they would have been like, okay, shove those six in, right? And right. then which would never have worked anyway because we had a septum she didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So. But- most of them weren't normal anyway. So what is the logic behind people doing more than one at a time? That in case one, it, if, if sometimes one... it's because they didn't PGS test. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, I think because they don't care if they have twins. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because they think it increases their odds of having I'm one. Supposedly it doesn't increase your odds of having one, but it increases your odds of having two. Yeah. So it's like, well, don't. Now, in my mind, there's something fun about the idea of twins, but also terrifying. <laughs> sure, I but the also, embryo still could split, by the way. Yeah, that's also a thing that can Why happen. Why? Does that happen more with, with this? With yeah, Why? Yeah, because... Unknown. Well, they say it's actually possibly because of PGS that, like... 
Oh, once when you they kind of like dis- once you biopsy and like disturb the embryo, right. it's more likely to split. Interesting. I mean, it's still very rare, like but it does body. happen. So what I'm saying is one. Yeah. Get it. Get a good. Why do you think um, the FETs are so expensive? Because it's all expensive. Well, you think about the tech that has to go into this, the money they have. But it to, seems like they're just putting it up. Okay, they have to thaw it and put it up there. They have to thaw it and put it up there, right? But they also have to thaw it. They also have to get these cameras that have insane microscopes. I mean, I you have literally to use a camera for the FET. I don't I know how it works. I literally watched Henry Being exit that fucking tube catheter and go into her lining. I watched that. I saw that moment with my eyes. Well, I want to see that. Screen. You can. I mean, They'll, you know, if they record it for me. No, you can turn your head to the left I'm awake. and look at it. Yeah, 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 you're awake for the transfer. No see, problem. I don't know about the transfer. You're, no problem. you're asleep for the retrieval, but you're awake for the transfer. Yeah, the transfer is like an out, it's like an in and out thing. Not the burger chain. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, you, you have, at our clinic, you had the option of taking a Valium to like relax, but mm-hmm. you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it was so. Look, it's been for us. It's been we did five full rounds, three yeah. transfers, and we have one baby to show for it. And, it's wild, you know. I mean, he's a great baby. He's a great baby. We'd we'd do it all over again. But we went through a lot, and you know? never thought any of this would happen. No, no. Any of what? That we'd have the baby? I <laughs> no, you never thought you'd have. I never to thought go we'd. To these ha- I never thought we would have. A, no, no, no. It's wild. No. Just like I'm sure, like when you started the podcast, you're like, I was just turkey based, good, yeah. done. Yeah, All you were right. like, you thought the whole thing was going to be about choosing the donor, the donor. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it would be a season of pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your season's all planned out, and then your doctors were like, No, no, we have more seasons for you. <laughs> People are loving your podcast, yeah. Molly. We need to stretch it out. Molly, look, we're going to try a different protocol, but guess what? It could be a whole new season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you all for that information. I no, needed please. it and the support. And, yeah. and by all means, please keep us posted on what's happening. Yeah, and we want to participate in your meal train. And we would oh, love, you're so absolutely. Sweet. We we know what the best things were that we got sent to us. And since well, now it's you're making me mind, anxious thinking about a meal train because then I'm like, oh, God, what if I don't no, get we're pregnant? Let's not talk about okay, it. Okay, let's not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> when you do... When gonna, I have a baby, gonna, however gonna, I get my we're baby. Gonna, yeah, however you get your baby, we're going to hook you up with some foods. Okay, yeah. thanks. So you don't have to think about that. Okay, that's nice. No sugar either, because apparently you can't have sugar. Yeah, well, I eat it now. Oh, okay, great. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. This is from the other podcast we oh, recorded, yeah. guys. I don't even know if it might have been from our random conversation we had, too. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, well, it was from the podcast. <laughs> Tune into Matt Dory's Excellent Adventure to find out what the hell I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Exactly. And do do tune in. It's a really great podcast, everybody, and tune into their other ones too. Forever mm-hmm. thirty five and James Bonding mm-hmm. and Star Trek. And Star Trek, Trek the next conversation and then watch the Goldbergs Star Wednesdays Trek. at eight on ABC. And also Dory has a book. She's an I author. Do. What's it called again? It's called Startup and it's a awesome. novel. Awesome. Oh, it's a novel. Yeah. See? Oh, I need to read it. It is fiction. Um, and then, you know, she has she's writing a new book. I am what? Writing a new book. Oh, that's says, amazing. Yeah. It's pretty, everything's pretty much happening over here. I mean, you this know? is a great place to be. Molly's uh, got some meds in our fridge. It's oh, great. yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't great. forget those. And I got to go to Kabuki Sushi. She's got to get to Kabuki oh, Sushi. Oh, my God. It's already 2.15. I got to go. Goodbye, okay, everybody. bye, everyone. Okay, bye. And now it's actually 6.30 on Monday night. My egg retrieval is tomorrow morning at 8.45. I have another podcast to finish editing, so I am going to leave you here. I want to thank you all so much for listening, and thank you again, Matt and Dory. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Dr. Kalen. Thank you to my Patreon subscribers, new and old. But new guys, let me remind you of who you are. Thank you, Ashley Binder and Laura Dean. And in case I forgot last week, Jennifer Wang, Jessica, Caroline Nelson. I think I've already got you guys. But anyway, still thanking you from the bottom of my heart. Hey, do you want to become a Patreon subscriber? Then go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and you'll have access to all kinds of fun, exclusive content. We got audio. We got video. We got written posts talking about my personal life. But most importantly, you're supporting this podcast and all the time it takes me to make it. No, 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 no. Most importantly, you are paying for my fertility treatment. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And if you haven't already, you better go over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, rate, and review. You know it's what you got to do. And if you haven't already, I I I don't know what you're doing with your life. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Spermcast. I'd really love you to follow me on Instagram. I'm going to post a video of 
Are you ready for this? All of my shots that I've done. I've recorded them all. I'm going to edit them all together. Probably after, you know, I've recovered from my retrieval. It's going to be so fun. You're going to love it, especially if you love looking at shots. Of course, if you don't like looking at shots, you can still follow me on Instagram. I'll put a warning before it so you won't have to watch it, like, without asking. Anyway, I'm going to go now. I got to go do this retrieval. I love you so much. Talk to you soon. Happy birthday to my mom and anybody else whose birthday it is tomorrow. And... Good, love you, goodbye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay, straight, black, white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm, sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. 